Jesus, just join with me as we pray. Father, we thank you this morning for the opportunity again to meet and to bless your name. We thank you for the light that flows in our body from your very person, from your throne in heaven. And everything that is dark, everything of the enemy is dismissed from us. And today, as we gather as your people, we thank you, Father, for a voice from your throne, a voice from heaven. Speak to us today in a manner that you have never spoken to us before. Let us be alert to what you are doing in the earth. We pray that our eyes will be open. We pray that our ears will be unstopped. We thank you, Father God, for the will to do that which you command us to do. We pray, as we always do, for your grace to walk with you. For without you, we can do nothing. In Jesus' name, amen. I want us, Abazwana, to go to, in the Gospel of John, in our Bibles, in the Gospel of John, chapter number 17, uh, we're going to read from verse number 14 to verse 16. This morning, I want to talk to you about honoring God. Honoring God. We are told in the book of Ephesians to honor our fathers and mother. But there is something about honoring God which I want us to cover today because it is important that we understand what that means. Uh, Jesus uh, speaks in that prayer in John 17, and he says, I have given them your word. It's a prayer. He's praying to God the Father. Mm -hmm. He's saying, I have given them your word, and the world has hated them because they are not of the world. Mm -hmm. Just as I am not of the world, I do not pray that you should take them out of the world, but that you should keep them from the evil one, They are not of the world, just as I am not of the world. As Christians, a family, we are in the world, but the Bible says we are not of it. As much as we are here, we are not to be of it. In other words, we are not of the same material as the world. Now, our Father in heaven... I want to tell you that he takes pride in that. Our Father takes pride in the fact that we are on earth because it takes something special. It takes someone really special uh, for that person to be in an environment and then they choose not to be part of the environment. Mm -hmm. It takes someone really, really special uh, to be born into a culture yet they decide not to embrace the culture. Uh, There's one thing I must point out to you with regards to the children of Israel. See, they were in Egypt physically. They left Egypt. So this is why there is something special about the body of Christ and the church, because the Israelites had to leave Egypt physically. Of course, we know that when they left Egypt, uh, Egypt was still in their soul. Mm. 
so they left Egypt as a as a USB, if you will. They were like they were like memory memory cards. Uh, they were full of Egypt, gigabytes of memory in their soul. So as much as they would have left it, by now, of course, you know that. But when they left their physical place, yet the the culture of the place was in them. Mm. Uh, so when God uh, took them to the desert. It was God's way of allowing the Egypt in them to live. So they left Egypt, we know that, but they carried Egypt in their soul. Mm. So there is, there is something special when someone is in the environment, but they choose not to be part of it. Uh, so this is why the Bible says, we are in the world, but we are not of the world, you and I, uh, in the New Testament, we can say we are in Egypt, but we are not of Egypt. Amen. So as we begin, I want you to ponder on the thought that the Father uh, really takes pride in the fact that he has a people in the earth. There are people in the earth who were born into a spiritual Egypt. Uh, our Moses, which is Jesus, came and he delivered us from our Pharaoh, that is Satan, spiritually speaking. Mm. Then the surprising thing, our Moses, Jesus, looks up in the sky and he, he, he prays this way. He says, I do not pray that you should take them out of Egypt, mm. but that you should keep them from the Pharaoh. They are not of Egypt, just as I am not. Of Egypt. So this is different, Bazalwan. This is why it is special to the Lord. God is honored and it pleases Him when we are physically in the place, but on a daily basis, there is a desire and a willingness. In other people in Egypt, they didn't have to worry about anything because. They were an offense amongst themselves. Mm. They, they were just a group of people and they went to the wilderness. In our case, we are born into a, a fallen world, a fallen culture. Yet God does not take us out into a wilderness somewhere in the spirit. Mm. He says, you remain here because I want you to be the salt of the earth yeah. in here. Yeah. I'm not going to remove you from your environment you are going to be part of the geography. But within the geography, I want to prove something through you. Mm. I want the principalities and powers. I want the world to see me through you. In other words, you are going to reflect my nature in the earth. Yeah. If he takes us out of the earth, now there is no one representing him the in the earth. Mm. So God, I want, you to, I want to stress this point, family. God is pleased because it makes a New Testament uh, body of believers very special to the Old Testament. They, again, were taken out of that environment. They didn't have to worry about Egypt as much as they carried it. We are in it. We are spiritually saved from it, but we remain. We remain. Our haters are still around us and our offenders are still around us. Those who wish us harm, they are still around us. And God expect, expects us 
to display and to portray and to reflect his nature yeah. in the world. So get that this morning. God is pleased with people who remain and they choose not to embrace their environment. So we are here. We haven't left yet. And we are, the Bible says, Jesus, he told him, in the world you shall have, you will have tribulation. But be of good cheer. I have overcome, overcome the world. Mm. We are here. And uh, as far as Bible prophecy is concerned, there is something called the rapture. No one knows the time. No one knows the day. But we know it's our blessed hope. But while we are here, we choose not to conform to the world. We choose to uh, rebel against the culture of the system of the world. We are here. Yet, being here, you and I are here, yet in the crime statistics of Egypt, we don't appear. Now, God is pleased with that. Yeah. While we are here, in the poor morals statistics of Egypt, we do not feature. Why? Because we are special people. Uh, in the unforgiving, if they were to do an, a, a statistics, put it together for unforgiving people, you and I would not be listed. Why? Because we are special people. That's why he kept us here. So that we can be a, a mirror to the rest of the nations of the world. To see that if God invests himself in a human being, that human being is able to stay and remain in an environment and they are not transformed by the environment, yes. but they transform their environment. If they were to do a statistics for um, untrustworthy people in the earth, you and I would not make those numbers mm. as much as we are in the world. Don't you tell me that God is not happy about such. That's why God has always pursued us. Mm. That's why God will always, will always go after you. It does not matter how many times we may stumble. There is something special about us on earth. And God wants through us to show himself mighty and to show himself strong and to show himself powerful yeah. in the name of Jesus. Mm -hmm. God is honored, Bazalwan. When we are here, I'm going to just be making statements to you until they are established in your spirit. Yes. When we are in the system and we choose not to embrace and to absorb and to mirror the system, but we choose to place our faith in him in the midst of everything that is going on, yet we choose to keep focused, to keep our eyes in the Lord Jesus Christ. God is impressed. It's, it seems as if God looks at, at Satan and he, he tells him, he says, they are in your turf, but they still don't smell like you. Mm -hmm. They are in your territory, but they don't talk like you. They don't think like you. They don't speak like you. They don't behave like you. As much as they are in your backyard, uh, they are special people. So, and, and this reminds me of, um, you remember in the book of Revelation, John the Beloved, 
uh, wrote to the church in Pergamos, the Bible says in Revelation 2, uh, verse number 13. Now Jesus is speaking. He says, I know your works and where you dwell, where Satan's throne is, and you hold fast to my name and did not deny my faith, even in the days in which Antipas was my faithful martyr, who was killed among you when Satan, where Satan dwells, it says, in the world, but not of the world. Now, God has confidence, Bazalon. This is why God can keep us here. That is why there is no hurry in heaven with regards to the rapture, because the bride of Jesus Christ must be glorious in the earth. We must be the salt of the earth. We must be the light of the world until everything that God has preordained for, not only for us, but for the nations, because God wants to bless the nations of the earth through us. So God will keep us here until everything, according to his timeline, according to his clock in the heavens, until everything has been fulfilled. So he has confidence in the fact that no matter how long the Lord Jesus tarries in heaven and he does not come, he, is, he has confidence in what he has deposited in us by way of his word. He has confidence in that which he has invested in us. God believes in the investment called the word of God, such that even though we are within the geography, but we are not with the culture of the geography. We haven't embraced the culture of the geography. Now, on Wednesday... My wife addressed and uh, she spoke about five levels of growth. I, I know that you remember that. She spoke about five milestones, if you will, that every believer uh, needs to go through. Now, the fifth one, which she mentioned, and when I remember, if, if I recollect properly, she said, uh, Jesus Christ move in that dimension. Uh, in Hebrew, I believe it is, it's the word teleos, teleos. It's the, it's the fifth level of growth for a believer. It's the ultimate, the apex level of growth for a believer. Now, when she spoke about this, she mentioned two features of this level of growth for a believer. She said truth and perfection. Truth and perfection. These people who walk at this level, now there's level one, there's level where you put your nappies and which is fine, and you you are, uh, you know, you are nest, you are taken care of, you are atula, and all those things. But there must come a time when a believer matures, and they are able to take the 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 bib off and put an apron on, so they can serve their king. Now she mentioned something about these people. She said they they walk in truth, and they they are people of perfection. Now. They are one with truth. Truth is in here. Whatever God invests in them, that becomes their reality. That, becomes, that begins to dictate everything else that happens in their lives. What God says goes. Mm. Their lives are really, really managed and governed by the word of God. Every area, every avenue, every sphere of the people who walk in this dimension, everything about them 
is governed by the word of God. And the second thing she said, Memji, on Wednesday, she said, these are people of perfection. Now, I don't want the word perfect to scare you. Remember, the Bible says, be perfect, for your Father in heaven is perfect. Mm. Now, when we look at the word perfect, we think of angelic living. Mm. That's not what the word means, because there is no human being family that will ever be immune from repentance. So you can never reach a level of perfection to the degree that you cannot repent because you are so perfect that so you are immune. There is immunity with regards to perfection. The word perfect and perfection means uh, perfecting the art of obedience. It's people who, who are really focused and they are committed and dedicated to perfecting the art of obedience. Once you, you perfect the art of obeying God, you are walking in the realm of perfection. When everything about you, you strive every single day to perfect the art of obeying God. At every turn, you obey God. When you find yourself having to wrestle with Scripture, you allow Scripture to win. When you find yourself having to having, having a wrestling match with the Word of God, that is correcting something in you, in me. I do everything it takes to let the word win. So perfection in that sense then, it's, it's just ensuring that I, I master the art of obedience, of obeying God. So these people, it's, it's, it's teleos. It's the fifth level uh, that uh, Memchi spoke about. Now, I want to say something else which she may not have mentioned about this particular dimension. They, these people deal with their environment. Remember our first scripture, we are in the world, but we are not of the world. Mm-hmm. Now, they deal with the environment to the point where the environment begins to reflect their spirit. Let me repeat that statement. They there are people that God is raising, that he, he has planted in the earth. They are surrounded by all sorts of chaos and tribulation. They are surrounded by whole, all sorts of precious, uh, pressures, stuff just weighing down on them. Yet he expects us to not to reflect the chaos around us, but to allow our spirit to project him into the environment such that the environment begins to reflect our spirit. Now, remember Jesus, I'm going to explain that uh, further going forward. Remember Jesus in Luke uh, chapter 8, verse number uh, 23 to 24. The Bible says, but as they sailed, he fell asleep. And uh, a windstorm came down on the lake and they were filling with water and were in jeopardy. And they came to him and awoke him saying, Master, Master, we are perishing. Then he arose and rebuked the wind and the raging of the water and they ceased and and there was a great calm, the Bible says. So Jesus was a, a, a teleos person. 
The Bible says Jesus is sleeping. Sleeping uh, because he's the Prince of Peace. The chaos in the environment that won't have to bother him that much. He's, he lives in peace. So he is sleeping. He's asleep. Now, his outside environment at that particular point happens to be a raging storm. Now, I want you to just follow with me, Bazalman. So Jesus gets up. He speaks to the storm. And the storm falls asleep, if you will. Because the environment eventually has to reflect the peace that's in him. Now, with his disciples, it was not the case. It was the other way around. When the storm was raging out there, the same storm raging out there was also raging in them. So the fear that's out there becomes the fear in here. The anxiety out there becomes the anxiety in here. The chaos out there becomes the chaos in here. The unbelief out there becomes the unbelief in here. But the Bible says Jesus mirrored the world above, it would seem. Jesus mirrored the world above world above. In other words, he mirrored heaven. heaven. Disciples, on the other hand, mm-hmm. disciples, on the other hand, they mirrored what was around them. Okay, stop. I don't know what happened there. Okay, you back on. You back on. Amen. Mm. There was a temporary cut there, Bazalwane, in our, in our feed. Mm. I was making this point. There was a temporary there was a temporary uh, a cut there, so let's just carry on. We, we apologize for that. Something happened there. I was making this point. With the disciples, it was the other way around. I hope you got all that. Uh, so the will of the Father is that we, we mirror heaven, not what is going on around us. We reflect heaven, not what is going on around us. See, if you want to salute God, family, we salute God and we honor him as king. Listen to this. When we allow him to rule through us. Let me repeat that statement to you. We salute him and we honor him. You can even say we pay homage to him when we allow him to rule through us. Imagine if Jesus had woken up from that sleep and he began to reflect what was happening around him. In other words, the storm out there became the storm in here. No. He was carrying heaven in him. You carry something in you which God has invested. That's why the church is special in the earth. Because we... Uh, are an investment from heaven. God has planted something in you and in me. When there is darkness in the earth, we, you and I, we are expected to be the light. When there is fear around us, you and I are expected to be people of faith. When there is chaos around us, we bring about peace. So I wanted to understand that. 
we salute God and we honor him as king when we allow him to rule in us, to rule over us, and to rule through us. He is honored, Bazalwana, that way. He is honored. God is honored when his truth in us is painted all around us. When the truth in us is painted all around us. In other words, when heaven, when we paint our environment with heaven in us, we don't allow the environment to paint us according to its nature. Amen. Amen. So the Father is honored. I want you to get that this morning. The Father in heaven is honored when we color the environment, when the color of our spirit becomes the color of heaven and that which is in us is taken out there. That's how God rules. God rules the earth through the human race. God rules the earth through you and through me. So we color the world around us. It does not color us. God is not honored that way. When we allow, if the world is black everywhere, that black does not get in here. When what is here is white and everywhere else it's black, the white in here must paint everything else around us. That's the power of the investment that God has made in his people in the name of Jesus. I want to take you to the Garden of Eden. Remember in the Garden of Eden, uh, we are going to talk just briefly in, uh, from Genesis chapter 3. But while we, 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 we go there, it's chapter 3, verse number 8, we are going to focus on. Now, always remember that God loves us. Uh, I always tell us that God loves us to the extent that even in terms of languages on earth, there is no language that can capture in words the extent to which the Father loves you. We know the Bible says, For God so loved us that he gave his only begotten Son. Mm. It's written in the English language or in any other language. This is anything else. But there is no language, family, that can capture the, the power of God's love for you. Amen. We will only discover that probably one day when we get to heaven, how much God really loved us. There is no way we can ever understand that. So he, he believes in what he gives us. He believes in what he invests in us because he loves us. He invests quality in us. So I want you to know that the word of God is so powerful that God has confidence in it, that it doesn't matter what is, uh, is, what is around us. The word of God in us is, is so powerful mm -hmm. to be able to silence the chaos in the world, in the world and around us Amen. in Jesus' name. Amen. So in the Garden of Eden, uh, God invested himself in Adam and Eve. The Bible says they heard the sound of the Lord God walking in the garden in the cool of the day. Mm. And Adam and his wife hid themselves from the presence of the Lord God among the trees of the garden. What a beautiful scripture. The Bible says God would come and walk in the garden 
in the cool of the day. When God came, every time God would come in the garden, he would commune with them. He spoke to them. And as he spoke to them, they grew on the inside. God made an investment in Adam. And God invested himself in Eve. We're not told how often this, this happened. We're not told how many times God did this. But we know that he left the heavens and he came down to invest himself in them. And uh, once you understand that, it becomes clear then, family, that it didn't matter what the enemy would say in the garden. Because once God is in us, the environment should not transform us. The investment that God had made in them was such that uh, whatever would happen, it was supposed to be that way. But remember that we have a choice as human beings. But as far as heaven is concerned, when God invests himself in us, nothing in our environment, nothing in the natural should change or transform that which God has deposited in us by way of the word. Uh, remember the Bible says, uh, the Bible speaks of God as, um, as, as unchangeable. He has an unchangeable nature. Uh, the Bible speaks of the immutability of God. So once God in, invests himself in us through his word, his word in us must be the same today. It must be the same yesterday. It must be the same forever. His word in us, because God is unchangeable. God is immutable. When he inverts himself in us through his word, he does not expect Satan to be an editor, to edit the word that God has planted in us. It doesn't matter what the enemy uses to edit the word because that's what he did in the Garden of Eden. He came and he began to speak. Now, I want to tell you something else, Barcelona. When the enemy came, the, the only reason why God allowed Satan to come into the garden is because he had invested enough in his people. Yeah. So Satan broke barriers and boundaries and he found himself in a territory that God has, had assigned to Adam and Eve. And God allowed him to jump over the border and uh, he was in the midst of two people, Adam and, and Eve. And uh, God allows him to speak and address Adam and Eve. Why? Because God had invested in Adam and God has, had invested in Eve. Just as God has invested in you, just as God has invested himself in me, and he continues to, the investment through the word that God makes, he is so sure and he has confidence in the fact that should he open the gate and allow the snake into your garden he opens the gate and he allows the allows the snake into my garden that which is in us will be able should be able to deal with the snake yet he does not impose his will upon us he still gives us the freedom of choice uh, to choose whether to obey him or to obey the devil. Yet he has already done his part. He has already given us his word. So when, when, when Eve responded, remember the enemy comes and he begins to speak. When Eve opened her mouth 
Bazalwan. When Eve spoke, when Eve answered Satan, she was supposed to release God. The investment that God had made in them at the time, she was supposed to color the garden with heaven. When she opened her mouth and she answered that serpent, that dragon, that sly uh, dragon, she was to open her mouth and color the garden with heaven. The environment, whether it comes by way of a voice from Satan or it comes by way of a voice from a friend or it comes by way of a, some temptation, whatever it is, that which God has established in us is such that we should be able to handle that serpent. Yeah. That's how we honor him, family. That's how we honor him. We allow him to rule in us. We allow him to rule through us. Yes. Such that when we are surrounded, when something begins to tiptoe in our garden, is something strange from a realm of the demonic, that which is planted, that which is invested in you, should be able to cause you to stand your ground and be able to push back against that thing. That's the confidence that God has in you and me. Amen. Now, I want you to understand that the, the serpent was not just a demon. You're talking about a, a cherub. You're talking about the inventor of sin. You're talking about a person, the Bible says, according to Isaiah 14, uh, was in the presence of the Lord. He was in the presence. His name was Lucifer in heaven, uh, which means bright, lucid, uh, brightness, lucidity, brightness, was a bright morning star. Now, that particular uh, being uh, gets into the body of a snake because they have got no authority to come and operate in the earth outside of a body. So he gets into a body of a snake and he begins to walk in the garden. But God has already placed people in the, the just like what is happening today mm -hmm. uh, gates are being opened but when i know some of you are not aware uh, there are things happening on earth today there are portals there are gates that the enemy wants to open there are people on earth who are reaching out to delib deliberately open gates through wickedness mm -hmm. so that principalities and powers can come legally now, when those things begin to happen, God has a people yes. in the earth. There are people in the earth and God has been invested. Everything you have learned, your praying, your fasting, your reading of the word and everything that you do to walk in, in obedience, to walk in, in, in righteousness, to walk in holiness. It is for the times that when should the enemy, irrespective of the number of gates that would open, it would not collapse you. You will not begin to reflect the environment, but the power of light in your spirit, the power of God's word in my spirit will begin to uh, speak against everything else and paint it according to the color of heaven in Jesus name. Now, one thing I wanted to also remember, God is king, Bazalwan. Yes. God, at the end of the day, I wanted to know this, God is king. Yes. 
and king want to be honored. Kings want to be honored. Kings rule. I know that we we relate uh, to God as a father, you know, uh, our heavenly father. Uh, pray this way, our father in heaven. In Colossians 1 verse 3, the Bible says, grace to you and peace from God the Father and our Lord Jesus. So we relate uh, to him as a father. We also relate to God as a friend. Remember when Jesus spoke to his disciples, he said to them, I no longer call you servants, but I call you friends. And also in James 2, 23, remember, it says, and the scripture was fulfilled, which says, Abraham believed God, mm -hmm. and it was accounted to him for righteousness, and he was called the friend of God. So there is nothing wrong with that. As, as, as we relate with God as a friend, that's when we begin to talk to him while walking on the pavement with our eyes open. So at that point in time, I relate to him as a friend. I tell him my, my, my most uh, sacred things, you know, what other people maybe would find embarrassing to discuss with God. But as I relate with him as my father, I begin to, uh, begin to tell him about uh, some special things in my life. So that is wonderful. That's fine. And it's in the Bible, as we have seen. We, can, we also relate to God as, as husband, by the way, according to Hosea 2.16. Uh, he, he, he calls himself uh, their husband, referring to the nation of Israel uh, and the people who have lost their our mothers, who have lost their, their, their husbands, their natural husbands. God is their husband, the Bible says, Hosea 2.16. So we, we relate with God in all these, uh, at all these levels. By the way, in, in Song of Songs, we relate uh, to God uh, as a lover. That's what worship is about. There's, there, there, there are levels of worship that are so deep. We relate with him as a lover. So we relate with him. And he, that's beautiful. That's who God is. But family, over and above all this, God is king. Yeah. God is king. God rules and God reigns. God sits on the throne and God has a crown. Mm. Kings rule. Now, a king may receive uh, 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 gifts. That's wonderful. A king may receive worship. A king may receive praise. A king may receive adoration. That's, that's powerful. He may enjoy a, a worship dance. He's king. He may enjoy a love song. That's wonderful. But a king is king because he rules. A king is king because he has dominion. A king is king because he reigns over a people. He reigns over a territory. He has dominion over his subjects, as we learn in the Bible. So his people honor the king when they allow him to rule over them. They honor the king when they allow, when I allow the father to rule over me, over my, over my will, over my rights over my way, and I allow the king to rule through me. That is what honors the father. When as king, we remember that king's rule, and we allow him to rule over us, and we allow him to rule through us. My way, my will, my private, he rules, he reigns, 
I have no say. It's what he says or nothing else. Amen. I remember there was, a, there was a singer. Most of you would know him. Uh, he was born in 19, um, 1915 and he passed away, I believe, in 98. His name was Frank Sinatra. One of the most amazing musicians who have ever lived. Uh, he wrote most amazing songs. But this particular song uh, proved that he had chosen to reign over his own life. He was king in his own life. Mm. In every area of Frank Sinatra's life, there was his throne. Mm. Frank Sinatra's crown there. Whichever area you looked at. So he wrote, he wrote this song. He, he, he titled it, uh, My Way. The late singer. He wanted things his way. Mm -hmm. Now, the, the second stanza of that song, he writes this. Listen to these words. He says, I have lived a life that's full. I have traveled each and every highway, he says. And more, much more. I did it. I did it my way. How tragic, family. How sad. That when God looks at every area in my life, he does not find the crown of Jesus because I rule there. How tragic that when God wants to rule in me and through me, when he looks at every area, at every sphere of my life, all he finds is my throne. I, me, and myself, my life, my private life, my personal space, I rule and reign there. Now, he wants to reign. He wants to rule. That is how we honor the King of kings and the Lord of lords. You know, Basalwane, you can only say God is king in your life when it's not your way, but his way. You can really say God. See, I said before, he does not mind uh, receiving a, a, a song. He does not mind receiving a dance. He does not mind uh, us giving him whatever gifts that we may present before him. But remember, as you do so, he is king. Yeah. So... You can only say God is king in your life. I'm looking at Aunt Lynn right now. <laughs> you can only say God is king in your life when it's not just your way, but his way. I also remember there was also another one. You, you, the, the, the older folk listening to me, Aunt Lynn will, will remember this. There was a group called the Beatles. The Beatles, the, it was Paul McCartney and John Lennon and somebody else. And other people there. Now, he wrote a song called Imagine. Because I wanted to understand that God has placed us here to be different. Mm. We are in the world, but not of the world. So don't get messed up. Know who you are. Know what, how to honor the Father in the midst of dishonor. Yes. God is not wanted on earth anymore, Bazoan. I want you to know that. God is not welcome. In the lives of people everywhere. But he has invested himself in a few. 
who would allow him to reign in them and through them. So this man, uh, he writes a song, I believe it was in 1971, called Imagine. You know, strangest things about these songs, they've, in terms of their musicality, they are beautiful songs in terms of their melody and, and harmony. You know, you can find us, if you, if you don't listen to the lyrics of the song, you can find yourself just being blown away. Mm-hmm. The, this song, when you look at the lyrics, it was, it was, it was prophetic, in a sense, uh, for the New World Order. Uh, so he writes this, he says, imagine there is no heaven. Mm-hmm. It's easy if you try, he says. No hell below us, above us only sky. Imagine all the people living for today. Mm. Just living for today. Imagine. Mm. This is not God's will for his people. This is not God's will for you, my friend, and for me. God always wants to reign in and through his people. Always remember that. Um, He is king in your life. To the extent he is allowed to rule over you and through you. He is king in my life to the extent he is allowed to reign in me and through me. Remember when Jesus said, these people worship me in vain. They have no honor because they worship me just with their lips. You know. So understand the heart of the father. And uh, this is what God is raising us to. I want to share also with you, I'm going to draw, I'm drawing draw, I'm to a close, Barcelona, in the next 10 minutes or so. First Peter 2.9. Remember that beautiful scripture that you and I love. It's, a, it's an amazing scripture in the New Testament. It says, but you are a chosen generation, a royal priesthood, a holy nation, his own special people, that you may proclaim the praises of him who called you out of darkness into his marvelous light. It says that we are his own special people. Imagine that. We are his own, his own special people. We are cut from a different cloth, you and I. Cut from a different cloth altogether in the midst of the chaos in the world. You know, family... God's dilemma is that he can only express his kingship through you. He can only express his kingship through me. He's limited in the options through which he wants to rule and reign in the earth. God can only reign. God can only rule through the church of Jesus Christ. People watched in the blood of Jesus so he does not have to, you know, the, we, 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 we understand the word omnipresent, which means God is everywhere at the same time. But God does not land everywhere at the same time. He lands upon invitation. We discussed the other day that God does not invade a territory. He does not come by invasion. He comes by invitation. So God does not have a multiplicity of options that if the church will not allow him to land through them, so he's going to go to somebody else. He, he, he can only, because God is holy, yeah. God only lands where he sees the blood of Jesus, 
where the blood is, the Holy Spirit lands upon the place where the blood of Jesus has been sprinkled. You and I, upon our salvation, the Bible says we repented and uh, we were washed and the blood of Jesus is upon our spirit, is upon our soul, and is upon our body. Legally speaking, according to what you and I call the jurisprudence of the spirit, God can only land through such people. So he wants to reign. He wants to rule. But the very people who are supposed to allow him to rule, if they do not give him permission to reign and to rule in their lives... He is not able to. That is why there are countries in the world where there's a lot of chaos because there's no one there who's uh, willing. Those nations, those people won't allow uh, God to land in them and begin to discharge his grace and his mercy and his righteousness and his justice. Mm. God can only be in a territory upon invitation and he can only rule when we allow him to do so. Now, that is God's dilemma. You say God is so glorious, he's, um, he's majestic. God is limited. He's limited by the choice of a human being. He gave that choice to us. But he wants, did you know that even when God wants to save you, he wants to save me, he cannot save you without my permission. So understand that family, that as great as he is, uh, he wants to enforce his will in the earth. Mm. He wants to enforce his will in the earth through you. He wants through you and I to disrupt the agenda and the program of Satan. He wants through all of us to disrupt the agenda of the enemy in the earth. So when you and I prevail, listen to this, Bazalwan. When you and I prevail over temptation, mm. when you and I prevail over sin, you are allowing him to reign in your life. Once that has happened, you are able to reign. He, he is able to reign through you and you are able to reign over other things. There is no one who is able to reign in the earth for God if that same person has not allowed God to reign over their sin. He wants to reign. He wants to allow him to be king in our lives. So there's a crown in you that God has, in, has placed in your spirit. The crown of Jesus Christ. He wants to be honored in every situation, in every environment, mm -hmm. in every setting and set up. God has invested himself in your spirit mm -hmm. and he wants to reign in and through you. Mm -hmm. Let me just quickly, Basalani, just explain. Maybe I should have done this in the beginning. You know that the word honor, the word honor in Hebrew is the word kabad, which is K-A-B-A-D. It means uh, weighty. It means heavy. It's sindo. Mm -hmm. So on the weighing scales of life, when it's God's word on one side, and on the other side is the lies of the enemy. The lies of the enemy. He wants his word to carry weight. That's how we honor him. Amen. The word honor, in case you missed this, it means weighty. It means heavy. Mm. 
is to put weight on something. So on the weighing scales of life, when there's, scale, there's always scales of life, God is always competing with something. It's always the case. So when it's the word of God on one side and on the other side is tribulation, God wants to be heavy. He wants to uh, tip the scales even in that situation. That is how God is honored. When it's God's will on one side and whatever the, the world is doing on the other side, he wants you and I to tip the scales in his favor. Yeah. He wants to reign and rule in that situation. That is how the church honors the father. Remember Jesus said, Father, it, if it's your will, take this cup. He was agonizing. Remember that prayer when, that he prayed in the garden of, uh, of Gethsemane. Mm. Now there were two things on the scale. There was the pressure and the whisper of Satan. And there was what God had told him as his destiny. What you and I would call the word of God in us. Now he is weeping. The Bible says he was so much in agony that even his very uh, sweat turned into blood. So he was in agony there, but he prays. He is about to honor the father. That was the ripe opportunity, the opportune moment to honor him. He says, Father... If it is your will, take this cup away from me. Nevertheless, not my will, but yours be done. The writer of the book of Hebrews, remember, it says, uh, Hebrews 13, Now may the God of peace who brought up our Lord Jesus from the dead, that great shepherd of the sheep, through the blood of the everlasting covenant, Make you complete in every good work to do his will. To do his will working in you, Bazalwan. What is well-pleasing in his sight through Jesus Christ, to whom be glory forever and ever. Amen. Hebrews 13, 20. Remember also Jesus says... Um, in Matthew 7, not everyone who says to me, Lord, Lord, shall enter the kingdom of heaven. Remember that scripture. But he who does the will of my father in heaven. When the king's will, family, when, when the will of the king is done, the king is honored. When the will of the king is done, the king is honored. But when the will of the king is disobeyed, Obviously, the king is dishonored. So I want you to understand that God is king. God is king. He's not king because he, he just has a throne. You know, he's not king because he's, he just has a crown. A king is measured even by his own enemies, by the extent to which his subjects are willing to obey his will. That's how his, his influence on his domain is measured. Because he can sit on a throne and be called king, but he's only a nominal king. He's only a king in name. If his subjects are not willing to obey his bidding, if his subjects are not willing to do his will, 
his influence. That's what makes him over everything else, above the, the treasury that he has uh, in, his, uh, in, his, in his treasure house, whatever it is. The king must be obeyed. That's how his enemies see if he has a sway or influence over the people. And they would know if he's just somebody on the throne, just a statue, but he is not obeyed. It, is, it honors the father family. Even in front of his enemies, when you and I honor him, we salute him as king. We salute him as God. When we put weight on his word, if his word is put on a scale against anything else, his word is heavier at every given moment. So I wanted to know about Satan, understand this because I wanted to understand why you and I, God is, is lifting us into a certain level of maturity. You know that over the centuries, uh, past centuries in fact, uh, Satan has tried to make umsaba a no-go zone for God. He has tried for centuries to make families a, a no-go zone. To make marriages a no-go zone for God. In other words, God is shut out. Not allowed. That's, that's how the system is set up. Not to allow the entry of God's influence. So that we can honor his lordship and his kingship over our lives. Uh, I can tell you with, with, with much confidence, Bazalwan. Not very many gardens allow God to walk in them. Mm -hmm. Remember in the, in, in the book of Genesis, the Bible says he would come in the cool of the day and walk in the garden. Very few gardens these days allow him to walk in the cool of the day and be in their midst. God is shut out. Mm -hmm. In our 15-room house, God occupies just one small room. He has no influence in the lives of many people who would call themselves Christians, God just occupies a small room. In our marriages, God has got no weight. Mm. In our finances, God is not honored. In our relationships, he's a lightweight. Mm. In our sexual lives, our sexuality, God is a lightweight. Mm. There is no crown there. He looks at every area of our lives. He opens it. There is no crown of, of, of Jesus. Oh, no. It's only my crown mm. because I reign and I rule there. He is king. He is honored when we allow him to reign over us and to reign through us. I'm almost done, family. Matthew 6, verse 10. That is our... Motto is Kingdom Embassy House. Uh, everything that we do almost revolves around that. There is so much in that which I haven't explained to you, by the way. But in Matthew 6.10, your kingdom come, your will be done on earth as it is in heaven. Your kingdom come, your will be done on earth as it is in heaven. His will can only be done through you. I'm looking at you right now, all the faces mm. 
and all the families represented here. It's beautiful people. I want you to know that that scripture is just words in ink in the Bible. They won't have life unless you and I choose to allow him, allow him to reign in and through us. His will will be done on earth through you. His will will be done on earth through me. His will will be done in our families when the husband and the wife chose to allow him to rule and reign over the marriage. Over the marriage. I know that we invested much time in the wedding, but the marriage, he's got much interest in the marriage. You can go to home affairs and, and just get about five people. That's, that's fine with God. Uh, you know, he is interested in the marriage because his kingdom can only be replicated or demonstrated not through a wedding, but through the marriage. So he, he wants to show himself strong through every area of our lives in Jesus name. I'm almost done. What dishonors the Lord is when his will is not executed on earth. His will is not just uh, his opinion. His will is not just a suggestion. His will is what he has determined shall be done. So he is very serious about his will. His honor is linked. His honor as king is linked to the degree to which his will is done. Let me repeat that. His honor is linked to the degree to which you and I do his will. Just give me five more minutes, family, if you, if you can. I've been saying uh, I'm, I'm, I'm almost done for the last five, uh, two hours. Now, as, as I, 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 I bring this to a close, I wanted to remind you that Abraham honored God. Abraham honored. We have examples in the Bible of people who honored God. And God is looking for the same uh, from us. The New Testament people, remember the Bible says, the glory of the latter house, which is you and I, shall be uh, bigger and more powerful than the glory of the former house. Amen. Amen. So in the book of Genesis, uh, just just listen to to, to this uh, passage of scripture. Then they came to the place of which God had told him, uh, and Abraham built an altar there and placed the wood in order. And he bound Isaac, his son, and laid him on the altar upon the wood. And Abraham stretched out his hand and took the knife to slay his son. But the angel of the Lord called to him from heaven and said, Abraham, Abraham. So he said, here I am. And he said, do not lay your hand on the lad or do anything to him. For now I know that you fear God, since you have not withheld your son, your only son, from me. God felt heavier than Isaac that day, Bazawani, on the scale. Let me repeat that. On the scale in Abraham's heart, God felt that he was heavier than Isaac on that day. Daniel... Think about those words, Bazalwane, they are powerful. 
when the opportunity arose and Abraham could have done anything, he chose to honor God. Daniel, Daniel 3. Daniel honored God. The Bible says now if you are ready at the time you, uh, you hear the sound of the horn, float harp, lyre, and psaltery in symphony with all kinds of music, and you fall down and worship the image which I have made, good. But if you do not worship, you shall be cast immediately into the midst of a burning fiery furnace. And who is the God who will deliver you from my hands? Shadrach, Meshach, and Abednego answered and said to the king, O Nebuchadnezzar, we have no need to answer you in this matter. If that is the case, our God whom we serve is able to deliver us from the burning fiery furnace. And he will deliver us from your hand, O king. But if not, we must have that. Sometimes I will have to honor the Lord even to the point of death if I have to. That's what martyrdom is about. So they say, even if not, let it be known to you, O king, that we do not serve your gods, nor will we worship the God image which we have set up. Mm. That day, Bazalwan, God felt that he was heavier than the fiery furnace. Mm. He weighed, they treasured him more. more than the three Hebrew boys treasured him more than their very own lives. He was weightier. He was heavier than their very own lives. That is how they honored him. That's how they paid homage. That's how they saluted him by honoring him. Finally, before we pray, we are about to pray. Stephen, in the book of Acts, chapter number seven, just about four lines. And they stoned Stephen as he was calling on God and saying, Lord Jesus, receive my spirit. Then he knelt down and cried out with a loud voice, Lord, do not uh, charge them with this sin. And when he had said this, he fell asleep. God on that day felt honored by Stephen. He was heavier than the very life of Stephen. Bazalwana, we are closing. We are about to pray. I want to tell you, family, God is doing something special. God is raising his bride. God wants to tip the scales of the enemy through us. God wants to reign. God wants to rule through us. God wants to be king. He wants to allow, uh, he wants us to allow him to, to be God and to reign and to chase the enemy and the demonic spirits and to embarrass them. Mm. That's how the church honors the Father. Mm. Now let us pray together, family. Mm. I pray you are blessed. You. I pray the word has challenged you. I pray uh, God has invested something mm. in your spirit. Now let's pray together. Now, Father, we thank you in the name of Jesus. We thank you for the power of your word. And we thank you, Lord God, that as much as we know you as our father, as much as we know you as our friend, as much as we know you in the different revelations that you reveal yourself as in your word, as God, Elohim, as El Shaddai, as Jehovah Tzidkenu, as Jehovah Makadesh, and all the covenant names, 
But at the end of the day, we are dealing with the king. The king who reigns over the universe. The king of kings and the lord of lords. A king who must reign. A king who wants to exert his influence on earth through the church. And Father, I pray that we will allow you to reign in us and to reign on earth through us. In the name of Jesus Christ of Nazareth. And the church said, Amen. Amen. Bless you, family.